I don't believe in listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Thanksgiving is the beginning of the quest. It marks the beginning of time. Christmas is the end. Christmas is commercial. It's about objects and love. Objects and love, the life force of capitalism. In Still Life with Woodpecker, Tom Robbins asks, who knows how to make love stay? The answer, objects and love. It's recursive. Love is a part of what makes love stay. But it's a matter of accumulation. Enough objects, enough expressions of love in objects, enough love. Enough love makes enough love stay. Say, I only hear what I want to. Whiskey handed around in tumblers, Christmas comes but once a year. There's something a little bit Jewish about Christmas. The minor key. I loved Herschel and the Hanukkah goblins when I was a kid. In my ears, Christmas and Hanukkah were sisters in the snow, pulling each other's hair, skipping to school, interested in potatoes. Nothing you could say could tear me away from my God. I never had a sister, but in my mind, at Christmas, I sometimes did. Christmas is utopia, covered in snow and powdered sugar. Sometimes Christmas songs are about snow, and snow, too, is always in a minor key. I wander and I wander out under the sky. What is snow to Christmas? Like snow, Christmas requires certain elements to fall into place. Snow can only happen when it's wet and a little bit warm. Christmas can only happen when it's wet and a little bit warm. Am I stepping on snow? Or is it powdered sugar pretending to be snow? Maybe it's chalk. The landscape of the Christmas mind, covered in real and fake snow. But the snow is always there in some way, even if it's just the sound of snow. Snow amplifies the sound of itself, the sound of yourself. Come, oh come, thou Lord of my due to thy tribes on Sinai's high. Snow is a vessel, warmth, coming in from being out in the bitter cold, only realizing how cold you were with the entrance of heat. Heat comes in to amplify the cold. It was just like Christmas. It was just like Christmas. If heat is made possible by cold, 
What is the opposite of snow? Snow is both wet and dry. The sound of snow. The sound of moisture and wetness. Moisture is the essence of wetness. And wetness is the essence of beauty. I wander and I wander out under the sky. Who will survive in America? Who will survive in America? Who will survive in America? How am I not myself? How am I not myself? Myself. Myself. How am I not myself? Welcome to Noisy Ghost. Today's episode is about Christmas and ultimately the sounds of Christmas. I'm here today with Andre Kello and Eric Wenzel and also our special ghost, writer and awesome friend of mine, Molly McCardle. We're here to talk about, among other things, um, the Christmas album, A Christmas Gift for You from Phil Spector. All right. Hi, Molly. How are you doing? Hi. I'm pretty good. I'm, gl- I'm um, rolling um, a dough for a treacle tart. A treacle tart? That's such a Christmas thing. I love, yeah, I love I, hearing I'm you. I'm actually host, co-hosting a Harry Potter-themed Christmas party tonight. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous we can't be there. I bought um, a special... Uh, candy mold uh, for fur frogs. So I made uh, chocolate frogs. peppermint frogs, like peppermint like chocolate frogs. That's really cute. I'm really jealous. Which what are you uh, rolling out exactly? It sounds like you're rolling out bubble wrap. Um, I am rolling uh, the the dough for this treacle tart, but it's on wax paper, uh, so I can remove the wax. Could paper. you? No, 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 do your thing. Could you put on some heels and walk across the room <laughs> and sharpen a pencil for us? I am only wearing slippers, and that's all you're gonna get. Uh, oh well, maybe next Maximum time comfort. for the New Year's episode. Yeah. Um, now we have to do a New Year's episode. Fuck! Why did I say that? Everything I say becomes true. Um. Which which song did you pick to discuss with us from the Phil Spector album? Mom? Uh, duh, Sleigh Ride. It's actually my um, annual um, my annual Christmas ringtone. Really? The Phil Spector which I, version, which I made myself on like iTunes, which is like not. Um, which part of the song? Intuitive. Um, I think it's just the beginning. Not not the be- the be- the beginnings of the lyrics. Not the beginning of like the. Yeah. Do, do, you know the? Oh I'm yeah. Here we're actually we have the album here. We can play that part. Let's hear it. So quick quick question. You 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 use the actual Phil Spector version of the song? Yeah, I um oh. I think I think that the Ronettes version is my favorite version of Sleigh Ride. Um however, I do have like my my quibbles with, with it, which is that I really like the entire song and they only sing like the first All the songs on the album are like super short. Yeah. It was the 1960s. Yeah, it's Long player meant 30 minutes. I love it. I love, it's so much better to be short rather than long. I I like the weird. She said, consolingly. uh, (laughs) Sleigh Ride is the second longest one on uh, the album. Where they like go to someone's house and they're like making jokes. They break into someone's house. They're like, how'd you get here? We took the sleigh. (laughs) (laughs) I miss all that. Oh yeah. Well, I think I think part of why I like Sleigh Ride too is because it has like I think like the most words per capita, like like per second or whatever per than like any other Christmas song. Like really? 
I, I, I mean, I don't probably I, right. I sat, sat down and done a like a qualitative analysis. It's just like there's a it's a lot of lyrics delivered really quickly. Wait, wait, Andre, I want you to play. Can you play it for us, please? I'll play it right now. Yeah. actually brought a horse into the studio. Yeah, that's a good fucking song. That's a jam. That's a hit right there. It's. I think it's. So I mean, like, there, like, there's just like a ton of words where you're like, you have to deliver them really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. There's like, not really a lot of words where you're like stretching out for longer than like, one beat. And it's interesting that I think like the song "Sleigh Ride" was originally written as like a song without words by that composer who wrote the typewriter song. Oh, the typewriter yeah. song. Whoa, it's like hello. clack 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 clack. Dude, I, <laughs> this is the job. noisiest episode of Noisy, Noisy Ghost, Ghost we've yeah. ever had. I fucking love it. It's uh, also weird that you're not here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sorry. Well, I am like an actual literal noisy ghost. I am oh, not yeah. there. You're and dead. I'm just like crinkling paper. <laughs> it's, it sounds like like head of lettuce or cabbage or. It's wax paper still. You keep saying that, and I I don't, don't see it, you. so I don't believe we you. We don't believe you. I could here. send you a picture, but. Mm. No, we put is, on the Tumblr is... a picture of you cooking. Um, Eric, maybe. why are you being like weird this episode? <laughs> why am I being weird? You're like, yeah, you can, do, you you're some, kind of can you put on some heels? Like, uh, I, that was a joke. Okay, it's very. Massachusetts. We're hearing all these noises, and it's like. I mean, it's like super Christmassy, guys. I'm wearing a Christmas sweater. I'm actually Ooh. wearing a necklace with a Christmas bell on it. I don't feel comfortable with you describing and what I'm you're wearing. And I'm wearing a Christmas brooch. And I'm making a Christmas thing, so it's like, like very. It's just I'm it's living a lot of Christmas. Yeah. No, here. what I was, it was talking about, like when they do Prairie Home Companion, and they like are like, I have to walk across the room and do, it, and it's very like oh, soundy. Yeah. So mm. I apologize soundy. for. No, no, it's okay. It's no, I made it weird. You <laughs> yeah. made it weird. No, I think I like it. It's I like that. I, I like that you're doing stuff and like also saying smart things about Sleigh Ride, which I never read. Like the thing about the lyrics never occurred to me. Also, do you like, oh my God, the best part of this whole album to me is just Ronnie Spector singing the shit out of every fucking song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just so good. Sorry. That was really loud. Um, it's just, she's just so, I normally kind of hate that style of singing. Like it's just sort of like, it sounds really nasal and broad to me, but I don't know what it is about Ronnie Spector. That's just like the exception for me. Like I can just, like Marshmallow World becomes less cheesy when it's when I mean, Marshmallow World is like, what? Why does that song even exist? Like, I don't know. But it works. She makes it work. Well, is that even a Christmas song? I mean, it's a, it's like not really about Christmas. It's just about winter. Uh yeah, I guess so. Winter and like sugar, but I mean, that's isn't that also? Yeah, but this was snows. like this was the sixties. This was the era of using marshmallows for really gross stuff, like those Jello with oh, marshmallow yeah. in it and. Oh, Eleanor like, and I were talking about these ingredients earlier today, actually, about the the way that there were all these food things that were kind of invented in America in the it's a 1950s fear of fear thing. of fear of nuclear war thing. Like, what can you prepare underground, like without much 
you know. But, but it's also tons of poor people living out in the middle of the desert, a mm-hmm. hundred mile drive from a place that has a refrigerated uh, train car that they can put food in, you know. So everything has to be either canned or freeze dried or. Wait, in the 50s? Oh, tons of people living yeah. in the Midwest and in the West, you know. All the, like, my living mother in Nightvale. growing up in West Texas, you know, in the in the early 60s, the recipes that my grandmother used to, to cook for her, that stuff is all designed to survive the desert. So, like, the music of the time takes on, is like... It's also canned. <laughs> yeah, it's like romanticizing or, like, making comfortable these like gross foods that they're eating it's like so making establishing it as the norm I nothing guess. gross about marshmallows i still cook with okay no yeah i don't know tons of that stuff was designed simply f- to be practical like you know was like, all, was like napoleon trying technology to so they were like really like excited about jello and all these like weird well that was things. the point i was i was making just then because napoleon was the one who came up he didn't come up with canning but he he got his scientists <laughs> he, he, he got his scientists <laughs> to to create tin cans because he wanted to be able to send food out to his soldiers without it spoiling. And the same uh, impulse is what led to tons and tons of food in America being so heavily preserved in the 50s and 60s because of the war. Because he had to send food from America to Japan or to Italy or wherever. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we celebrate Christmas today. (laughs) (laughs) I want to... They're like little gifts. No, that's good. They're like little presents. Well, they, that was that, that was something that happened to my grandmother in France after the war. Um, my other grandmother, she told stories about the American soldiers bringing her cans of spam and Hershey bars wrapped in tinfoil. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know, preser- spam was a huge yeah. uh, wartime uh, endurance that people now think was a good thing. They still they eat well, spam in Hawaii, big in right? Hawaii, I think yeah. part of right. that is like oh yeah, because it's, it's yeah, it's an travel. Island. Yeah, it's this island to be hard to get stuff. Yeah, I like the idea of like everyone's eating all these weird foods because America just became one big fucking island, like <laughs> away from everything else during that time due to like fear and paranoia. Well, we also had production. All the other countries were kind of shut down because they were invaded or invading. Yeah, yeah. Plus, white people didn't like avocados yet. So. Yet. God. Yeah. What do you mean? What's wrong? Are with you them? serious? Why there was ha- never them? a time that people didn't like avocados. Oh my God. Well, honkies. There's a there's a a good scene in Call the Midwife about people eating avocados for the first time. I love food scenes in movies like that. That was a TV show on BBC, right? Oh yeah. It is. Yeah. Yes, I think it's BBC. It's definitely British. It might be IGTV or something like that. But, but, but the woman. But it's in partnership it's about with ladies public and childbirths. It's great. And they give birth, they're trying to, to an give... an avocado baby? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. They just, they, they're going to... It's like a group of nuns and young women who, like, cook together, and then they deliver deliver poor people's children. Oh, sounds really dark. Do you guys... So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, like, cake, cake drama. Who ate the cake? Where is the cake? Oh, well, there's no more marshmallows to put in the cake. <laughs> and nuns are super into mothers and babies. Yeah. And sisters. For some reason. Some reason. Hmm. Unknown. Yeah. I want to ask Andre now what song you picked to discuss. I picked, uh, thank you for bringing this up. I picked uh, Rudolph the Red News Reindeer. Uh, the Red News Reindeer. Red News. Because uh, for me, Christmas music is one of two things. It's either an incredibly sad song that's about how sad it is to be a Christian, or it's a ridiculous nonsense song that's supposed to make children have something to you know, draw pictures of with their red and green crayons. 
And so Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is, for me, it's the most ridiculous, weird piece of music that anybody has ever recorded. I love the movie they made of it. Do you remember? The, you know those like weirdo movies? From, I think they're from the 60s. The stop motion also. animation. Yeah. The oh, one, those are beautiful. Those are beautiful and scary. Like just like the way that Christmas is, you know, like it's like the Rudolph the Reindeer one is like there's like a teenage Rudolph, like, you know. Voiced he, by Matthew Broderick after <laughs> he gets kicked out of the. It's like the life of a teenage reindeer. Oh, oh my God. And the Santa Claus one about teen Santa. It's so weird. Oh, my God. Well, there's teen two Santa. young Santa Claus ones. One where he lives in the fo- the forest with uh, immortal beings and another one where he has like red hair and he, oh, yeah. and he like dates Mrs. Claus. Yeah, that's the and teen the, and Santa. Then, yeah, there's the and then there's the the evil guy who allowed kids toys. In the Who's world. really scary? That guy the land is so of misfit scary. toys. And is that just like Christ versus the devil? Like, is that what we're getting from that? Like Santa Claus I mean, is the is nice Santa guy. Christ? I don't know. I mean, it's, it seems like Santa uh, Santa is functioning more as like sort of a traditional like Christian Catholic saint in that. He's a like, saint. You know, well, he was. Just, yeah, I he is like literally he a saint. From. But the, the Holy the, Spirit, though, I thought because the he's, biography that they're present, the fictional biography, that the hagiography these stop motion movies are that of like, you know, just a really good guy doing good things. So not like, weren't they all set at the North pole too? Like there's this like North pole universe that there is a North pole universe. There's just, there are just so many stop motion movies. So many of them take place in that world, but not all of them. So like there are like these two separate stop motion biographies of young Santa. And one of them, there isn't a God. There's just like, these eternal elf woodland people who like God. rule nature. And Can so there be like totally a three-part movie about this? Christianity, like, which is pretty weird. Yeah. This sounds like uh, it's ripe territory for Peter Jackson to make a three-part film. I mean, I oh, we sound. It sounds like we might have lost you there. Did you something Molly. fall And that's water? how Molly died. <laughs> Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, my gosh. So much better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're so much better now that you're dead. This sounds great. But it makes sense, the idea that, uh, you know, there was the creation in the 20th century of this whole world of narratives around Christmas that weren't Christian. Right. Because it's not really Christian anymore. It's a capitalist holiday. Well, it's but it's both. So it's like... It's if, always both. If the Incredible Hulk had a holiday. Yeah. Well, oh Rudolph God. was invented here in Chicago, I believe, by Carson Peary Scott. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's really cool. To sell what? Reindeers. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why we all own. Because actually, reindeers. originally, it's this—it's <laughs> the same way that the December to Remember got invented. That uh, historically, the winter was a really bad time to sell reindeer. <laughs> mm. No, it was—it was invented by Carson Peary Scott to get. Oh, that you've got—they've got—they don't just have Santa at their department store. They have this new guy called uh, Rudolph, yeah. and then more kids are going to want to go see that, and then. Um. Yeah, you know, he was just like Joe Camel, except uh, a reindeer. There was um at Hot Dogs. Uh, they used R.I.P. They used to have um a reindeer hot dog, but you could only ever get it after Christmas, which oh, I nice. thought was hilarious. Like, so you, people would come in in December and you'd be like, "Nope, nope, not till January." January. <laughs> Can we uh, hear a little bit of uh, mm-hmm. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Yeah. Like the 
Pinocchio. <laughs> Like Canasta. Oh. <laughs> we always said like Monopoly in my Oh, oh I yeah. couldn't remember what it was, so I just said Canasta. Oh, that's a good one, though. <laughs> mm. So where where are we in the... I, th- I think the you're leaning on your pipe organ. Me? <laughs> no, yeah, I was wondering where we are in the cooking stuff. Yeah, where, what is the pipe... What's that pipe organ sound? Um, it, oh, you know what? It might be in my microwave. I'm melting some butter. Oh. Gosh. Oh, I love... Forget Winter Wonderland. This is a Sonic Wonderland. Yeah. Oh, shut! Never say that again. <laughs> I'll do what I like. Okay, so, but don't you think I like this sort of, as you are want to do, Andre? You create dichotomies all the time. Um, the this dichotomy you've created of the, like really sad Christmas songs, like that are about like the loneliness of Christianity, and then they're like the really ridiculous ones. Are, are you saying that like, th- is this part of the the um? capitalist christian dichotomy too like um the sad ones are the christian ones and then the capitalist ones are is there no i think that it's more about this thing where in certain musical traditions in christianity you know there's always this mournful tone about uh, you know the baby christ is being born but eventually like we'll, i wonder as i wander we'll, yeah. we'll die I for, you know for, and for what you know <laughs> yeah. uh you know, Christ, why hasn't Christ come back yet? Christ said he was going to come back. It's been like 15 minutes. What's going on? <laughs> you guys, when I was a kid uh, and, and learning about watching World War II movies on television and listening to Christmas carols and actually being old enough to know words and titles and learn about characters, I thought it was Adolf the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Rudolf Hitler. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a really, like... That's like a thing that, that a and kid does in a movie. Like, that's not real. It's really real. And it was like I had to work on, like getting it right you know and they're like no try again oh my god and i was like well because you're like a kid i'm like are they related because and they're like what do you mean why is hitler related to Rudolf red nose reindeer i'm like they have the same first name and they're like well first of all Wait, no that's <laughs> they don't have the same surname there's so and many problems with this i love it i was like six or something and it was just like but you know it's like rudolph hitler <laughs> is hitler rudolph's like last band. name yeah <laughs> This is why they always call him. This is, why they, this is why they. Rudy can't fail. This, that would be. This is why they didn't like Rudolph. It had nothing to do with the red nose. <laughs> yeah, it was he was he, being kicked out of reindeer he's art a, school. He's a fascist. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did take over the reindeer job. Yeah. So um, the other kind of Christian song <laughs> is the one that celebrates, you know, hey, eternal life, that's great. Hey, salvation, that's awesome, right? Hey, living forever in the kingdom of God, that's awesome. That's exactly what I want to have happen. Let's all celebrate and have a party. Like right. joy to the world. Right, sure, exactly. Joy to the division. Or hark the herald angels. Yeah, like, hey, let's sing about it. It's a song about Harold. But then, you know, I think that the ridiculous commercial ones... You'll tell us if somebody does yeah. come in and murder you, right? Because that <laughs> well, I think we'll hear oh, yeah. screaming. Okay. Oh, I'm so worried. The yeah, just like the, the images in our heads being created, like, what's going on? The ridiculous ones are in the style of the celebratory songs. But this, yeah. But it's just a different approach to, you know, worship. Well, I, I see. Would, okay. I would say... I don't know if I agree with that, but I'm interested to... Critique to it. Well, it. please tell me how I'm wrong. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, how is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer like something like Hark the Herald Angels sing? I mean, they're both upbeat, but well, is I, there anything more than that? I think that a lot of the sad Christmas songs are telling uh, from a, a personal perspective exactly how it feels, how how sad, how um, 
mournful, morbid it is to dwell on the aspects of Christianity that are, in fact, obsessed with death, mm-hmm. right? But then but, that, but yeah, that's not I'm what Christus is about life. It's the well, four no, unto less like, well, like, so, uh, saviors um, born. We three kings, there's like the, there's a, a verse where they're like, um, they're bringing myrrh or wait, frankincense. I forget which one is the, the funer- funerary um. ointment, but it's like, you know, like, cause he's going to die one day sealed in the stone cold tomb. I mean, like, so they're bringing like death gifts to a baby. Which yeah. is, like, really oh, the weird. myrrh. That's right. Myrrh represents... What is the myrrh again? The, there was so something about myrrh one, when he was one being is, one crucified. One is gold for, to, for king. Um, and I think myrrh is like religious incense. Oh, and no, the frankincense, frankincense is the same. Frankincense is, is the death thing. That's right. Is is an ointment that you put on corpses. What? A, like, I feel like if I were Mary, I would be like, get these fucking weirdos out of my uh, manger. Like, this is not. Yeah. This is probably why they didn't pick you for this job. You're that also like born two burn. centuries too late. Ooh. Two. two centuries too late. You know, Jesus was born in uh, 1800. <laughs> he was born in 1814. Yeah. Um, Just missed the war. Well, <laughs> Bi- Bible historians uh, think that the wise men didn't actually reach him till he was like a couple years old. It's true. And also, but none of And that- also, it's all made up. Yeah. Also, none of that fucking matters because it's like, oh, God, like. It's all this story that we tell ourselves. Like, See, it's beautiful. Well, they also like, think he was fine. born in the this spring, right? This is why right? it, it's a bad idea for me to propose dichotomies, because I, ne- <laughs> I never get to the second part. Oh, right. So, wait. So, the first part was Christians are sad at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't There's get. also, like, other sad things that happen around the birth of Christ. So, like, an, uh, a song like Lule Luai, which I think is, like, the Coventry Carol is, like, the other name for it. It's just about it sounded like you just said I love the way how sad they are about babies dying. Their babies dying because of King Herod. Right. And that's right, a Christmas right. carol. People are singing that like, oh, I'm so happy it's Christmas. Let's sing about murder. Children. I thought you were just talking about Blue Christmas by Elvis. Like, that's to yeah, me the that saddest Christmas song. a little melancholy. Well, there are a lot of sad Christmas songs that are pop songs that are just sad Christmas songs because it's about the way that people are separated from each other and it's never worse than at Christmas, right? Yeah. Or that Bill Cosby yeah. Christmas Carol. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, what drink. is Bill Cosby? I've never heard of Bill Cosby. Well, so like, you know how in like recent years the uh, Baby It's Cold Outside has gotten yeah. really popular? Yeah. And then people are like, I wait, do. are they... It's always been popular. They're just realizing how much it sucks It's now. about date rape and stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't... And, you know, it seems odd that in so many of the accounts that the women have about what Bill Cosby did to them, that it there's always, like, a fireplace. Like It's oh, like yeah. that song. It is literally that song. That right. is so, that's how, oh, <laughs> my God. It's cold outside. But uh, that's uh, the wait, only defense. So I want to hear the other half of Andre's dichotomy. Okay. 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 We'll so get there one day. the sad songs, okay. pop All and right. religious. So, so the, the happy uh, Christian Christmas songs seem to me to be about... Uh, you know, letting people know about the good news, mm-hmm. right? And in this way, often they're like, uh, you know, the first uh, episode of a TV series, you know, they're, or the intro uh, issue of a comic book, right? Mm-hmm. We have to tell you the origin story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, for, you know, for, uh, for, uh, for people to really get excited, you know, for little kids, little three-year-olds to get excited about Jesus, you have to tell them what's special about Jesus. And the best way to do it is with a great theme song. You know, and so you have these songs that are about like 
Jesus was born and he's Jesus a little Christ. baby Jesus and everybody Christ. was really psyched and the angels came and and then you know this is all for you so that you can be happy in heaven forever and isn't that wonderful and you know it's all in this they're like major key songs yeah. they're uh, you know they're told as a sort of a ballad style right mm-hmm. a narrative mm-hmm. and uh, at the end the conclusion is and uh, you're going to live forever in happiness uh, in an eternal life isn't that wonderful I don't think that babies are less are as interested in the narrative parts so much as they're into the like sonic parts though like the major key is key uh the um i mean like the sort of character of jesus i think is more important than the like journey like he's a baby just like you like he ha- wears a diaper maybe you'll just grow like up you. one day to save the world yeah but you see the the origin of jesus is the opposite of the origin of batman for example because batman suffered a, a great injustice and uh you know horrible emotional pain in order to become the savior right but christ was born the savior and then like suf- superman suffered all of the pain and uh you know Injustice at the end when his his uh, at crime fighting was over. Isn't that the, the David Carradine's point at the end of Kill Bill too, where he's talking about Superman? Like the Superman is who is who Superman is. Clark Kent is the alias. Like so, like Christ was just like born like. But the Christ, the difference you know? between Superman and and Christ is that Superman actually does come back from the dead. Yeah, multiple times. Yeah, he comes back from the dead all the time. He says, I'm going to come back. Don't worry about it's it. Like and then thing. he dies. And then he actually comes back. And everybody's like, Jesus I don't know why I was so worried. In the, well, yeah, After once. three days. Once. Yeah. Well, I also think he appeared in uh, ancient pre-Columbian America, according to the Mormons. Yeah, that's true. So uh, take that, Andre. Um, I guess I would. I am justly rebuked. Bleh. Um. I guess I hear what you're saying, but I always, I don't know if any of you guys, how Christian you guys were or are or whatever, but as a young Christian growing up, I always thought that was like maudlin, the sadness. Like I never, like, it was sort of like, we have to act sad. And they're like, come on, don't, you know what I mean? Like, I never thought it was actually sad. Any of those songs. Oh. I was obsessed with the sadness as a young, young I, Catholic. In the Bleak Midwinter was my favorite song to sing when I was uh, a kid in like voice lessons. Mostly, my, my voice teacher loved that song. It was her favorite song because she was a pretty ardent Christian, and she loves the part at the end. How does that go? It's like, in the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made moan. And that also has snow on snow on snow. What a great lyric. And then, oh, but the last, oh, it's so good. The last verse, though, is about the kid who's singing this song he's like what can i give him poor as i am if i were a wise man i would bring a ham, a ham or a lamb whatever <laughs> and once uh, again ham enters the <laughs> oh yeah we were talking about ham before the show like a lot um and then that but time th- of year but then when he what he says at the end he's like what can i give him oh, that's oh i can give him ham. my heart i'll give him my heart which is like and it, and i used to like seriously i would like cry when i was singing this because it was so um like beautiful and sad and like even though christ is born like and everyone's super jazzed about it nothing has changed for them yet because he's just a baby like christ is born and like everything gets better instantly no like they're celebrating for what's to come so here's this like poor little boy who's so excited that christ is here and he does but he still doesn't have anything to give him because he's still poor as shit like isn't that also the story of the little drummer boy he's like i don't have a gift so i'll play the drums but you say say there's a bunch of snow in israel Oh well. Well, in the bleak midwinter, Israel, yes. So, um, 
So was there like, I mean, like so a much volcano of, uh, or like something? Our experience of Christmas this comes from English and German yeah. Christmas traditions, yeah. and there's a lot of snow there, so yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like in the thing about um, the Garden of Eden being like as awesome and like that, that being like heaven, you know, is the Garden of Eden is because it's really fucking hot and like there's no water anywhere in the mm-hmm. desert, you know. So like there's all these like oasis. so the idea it's of like oasis. heaven is just like is just a really like sick garden. Yeah, these like fucking awesome gardens with like really good food in them. Well, the other the other reason of snow being associated with Christmas, which I never thought about because I grew up in the real America, not Hollywood. <laughs> um, because uh, I, you know, like the Simpsons, they've come out with the DVD commentary and they talk about, uh, and a lot of them talk about not just living and working in LA, but a lot of the people on the show grew up in California and warm places. Mm. And they talk about how snow never shows up on TV shows or something unless it's the Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. And like, that's something, you know, because we don't oh, think about yeah. that if you grow up in a temperate, most of America isn't uh, sunny all the time. It has seasons. Right. Or I guess, I don't know, a lot of America has seasons. Um, it's always summer and it's always uh, sunny outside. It never yeah. rains. Yeah. It's never, uh, like, foggy. You know? Right. Yeah, there's, like, almost no weather in, and you know, because it's either on a soundstage or it's shot in L.A. where it's really sunny and stuff. So there's always um, the day. And so they were told to talk about that from an animation point of view, that they're like, well, you would never animate seasons unless that had something to do with the story. So the Simpsons, it's always going to be the green grass on yep. in the suburb. And then it'll be snow if it's a Christmas episode. And um, I think that this possibly contributed to the, the sensation that people had in the 80s and 90s of having grown up watching sitcoms where it's presented as a paradise, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you're stuck in your terrible home and here are these people having not just adventures but also in a place that's prettier you can always go outside and ride your bike and yeah and where everything was like even though it's a narrative and therefore is supposed to be embodied by conflict there was less conflict than almost anybody else's actual existence Mm -hmm. yeah well that's also one of my favorite i was thinking a lot about listening to this album uh a lot about how John Waters and David Lynch and Kenneth Anger have like changed this music forever. So now whenever I listen to this music from this period, I always think there's like this weird twist to it. So this sounded like John Waters. Yeah. Because of the way they've used it and they've talked about their weird experience that was actually going on. Oh, like, you in know, a, like in, in blue velvet or like John Waters films, you know, like, oh, the chacha. Yeah. The chacha heels. And yeah. Like, oh God. Yeah. And I also thought of uh, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, which is this also like a Christmas movie? Yeah, yeah, and it and it's like set in the '60s, and it's got this weird, very Christmassy, but also very creepy, depressing thing. And also, just thinking of Alan Arkin like stapling snow to his roof. Well, because it was the '60s were um, like people in the '60s were very interested in conformity, you know. So then, when later when we make movies about the '60s or we write songs about the '60s, we're like talk you know it, the artists are doing that who are not interested in conformity so they're like you know pointing that out and that's well, what makes it yeah creepy. they were kids yeah. seeing their relatives get together and be get drunk on highballs and <laughs> but the result of all of this individualism has been people uh running away from each other and communities disintegrating and people yeah. feeling incredibly alone yeah. yeah yeah like a little boy on christmas with nothing to give to his new king yeah also andre said this thing earlier like a few days ago about um how the thing about Christmas is that it's never as good as you remember it. 
And I, I feel that way. I think, I don't know. Like, I, I get... I loved Christmas so much when I was a kid, I think. Or did did I? Yeah, it's so, <laughs> no, yeah. It's so fucking sad now, not just because you're a grown-up. I think that's one of the reasons why people have kids is because they're like... They want it's Christmas a way, back? Yeah, it's a way to relive all this shit that you can't do when you're an adult. Because mm. even if you do that, if you get that, you rebuy all the G.I. Joes or you get all those things, you're like, this is not the same because I'm a grown-up. But then if you have a kid and then you play Legos with them or something, then you're like able to have that again. And you're I like, feel like I enjoy Christmas more now as an adult, though. So, you think? And, and I feel like, I mean, because I feel like my experience of Christmas when I was younger was all about, the, or much of it was about the toys. And part of it also was the magic of, like, believing in Santa. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's super safe for you to do this podcast <laughs> while falling down the stairs. <laughs> that was uh, me putting um, some cans into the recycling. Sorry. Um <laughs> So uh, she's also recording another radio program <laughs> right now. Two podcasts at the same time. This is one, I, my Harry Potter cooking podcast, um, and and this one. Um, so, I, but I feel I feel like I, I like Christmas more now than I did before. Which is not to say that I didn't like Christmas. I just like feel like I can like. It's sort of like when you grow up and you can like taste more things, or you're mm-hmm. more into yeah. a greater variety of foods. Umami. I feel like there's more about Christmas than I'm like interested in and that i'm like that i can get into like yeah the history of christmas or the different themes of christmas and i love yeah i love like thinking about i think i didn't realize i was so excited and so out of like i didn't have any control over how my enjoyment of christmas as a kid you know it was just like hope i get a fucking american girl doll that better happen (laughs) you know uh and then uh now i feel like with christmas i feel everyone's stressed out about you know buying gifts for people there's a lot more responsibility as an adult but also like like you said i love thinking about like the history of christmas or like what christmas means and thinking about thinking about it as like a marking of time like oh what where were you two christmases ago like what yeah. you know that's really cool but wait, to me. why is everyone trying to find the true meaning of christmas it's not like hard we know what it is wait what is it it's uh well it depends if it's the religious one then it's like just straightforward baby jesus got born and otherwise it's the true meaning of christmas is uh like family and friendship and all that bullshit like it's not bullshit well i mean they always act like it is you're talking a little bit about like scheduling before the scheduling of like yeah um jesus's birth and like most biblical scholars like know or yeah that he was born in march jesus was not born any time around this like on december 25th and that, I mean... It was a pagan the, yeah. uh, solstice yeah. thing, so it was all about yeah, marketing. Yeah, it's, it's like... It's Saturnalia. Like, I think that it's just like, well, Saturnalia for Romans, like different other, like, other um, religions, uh, you know, throughout Europe, um, particularly as, like, the Roman Catholic Church was, like, moving up and trying to... Oh, my God, Catholic stuff. Christmas is the best Christmas. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not Catholic, I'm I just a fan. I love lasagna. I also love lasagna. I hate Mondays. I actually eat lasagna every year for Christmas Eve, so, you know. Um, but I mean, like, so With I feel Garfield like Catholic? part of Christmas is just like doing something that like humans do every year. That yeah. it like yeah. we need to like light some shit on fire. Not all humans. We need to eat yeah. like Hashtag really high fat foods, mm-hmm. and like it's like some sort of like hibernation thing. Yeah, I mean, definitely not all humans, but I but I do think that I mean, like every cult, every culture has a way to mark time, and for Europe, that was like having this like midwinter festival 
Right, and it, it combats uh, seasonal affective disorder by giving you something to enjoy right around the time when it gets yeah. so cold outside that you just want to die. Yeah. yeah, it gets so dark. It comes oh, too so soon, though. It seems like Christmas should be spread out a little bit because it seems like, at least now, winter is I like I feel like there used to the be beginning. more days of Christmas than there are. <laughs> well, d- wait, is it, is it, well, it, was, it was, Greek it was, Orthodox, uh, right? Now, the... Christmas is so top-heavy. Like, it's, yeah. everything is about pre-Christmas, where right. before it's like I Christmas, Christmas plus... Christmas to the epiphany, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys do you guys think that the whole going through Santa and the not believing is like rehearsal for not believing in God? Andre and I both we talked about this, we both believed in Santa for longer than we believed in God. Like wow. I and like I love that about my I love myself. I love that about myself. Like I just think Santa's so much more in, like for me, believing in Santa believing in uh it's like the certain theater it reminds me of like a theater ritual like uh you know you're never supposed to say uh the scottish you know you can't you can't say the name of the scottish play you know like there are like Which rules that, that you know othello no <laughs> there are like certain rules that you know like don't actually mean anything but you do it anyway you do it yeah. anyway because it's like you need that that feeling it's of connection ritual. yeah it's exactly ritual. yeah it's all a ritual, and I I, th- I find Santa Claus the bl- my believing in Santa Claus being it being so temporally contingent, right? Like it's you oh it's December, like gotta get ready for Santa, gotta be in my good behavior. This is the thing you can do. Whereas believing God, you have to believe in God all the time. Like you have to think about God all the time. Santa, you get like a break. Like it's once Christmas is over, you're also, like, like a mean, lazy like, Christian. I mean, uh, you only Santa think about doesn't it one make day a lot week. of sense, but I think God makes less sense than Santa. Really? Yeah, I do. Okay. Explain thyself. Yeah. How? Well, I mean, I guess I just mean like, um, like I guess the the uh, the Catholic or like Christian God, um, you know, Two different uh, things. it's I think it's like feels more within the the realm of possibility that there is like a a person who's more powerful than other people and who like creates these effects that you see like on an annual basis, like Phil Spector. Like, something happens every year, <laughs> like like presents show up like a bite a symbolic bite is taken out of a cookie mm-hmm. like and so you're like okay an effect has happened and the cause is that there's a person who has more power than you you normally see that's like see, i mean because like i as a, as a child you see lots of people who have more power than you do and so it's like not that um uh that not that big of a stretch to say okay well, there's one step up i mean like the way that like sort of like paganism pagan stuff like sort of makes sense okay there are all mm-hmm. these visible effects that we see mm-hmm. in nature there must be a god behind all of these or some sort of spirit or power and i just i just think the doubt in santa relays re- reflects echoes the doubt in god yeah no the i same think way we are like part, well how do you know go- you're right to, to notice that there's a connection mm-hmm. like like the way kids being like well how does he get to every house and that's yeah. the same thing as the, like, I why does like, God let a, bad things happen to good people? That's easier to answer than, like, the problem of evil, you Yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, okay, Santa can, can, his time is relative for Santa. So yes, he can I, go to every house. Well, Santa's Whereas, sort of like, like Old Testament God. Whereas, like, why does evil God. exist in the world? Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no, like, easy answer for that. But isn't, isn't Santa like the Old Testament God, too? It's like, it's very clear, like, if you do something bad, you do not get a treat. That is not true. I feel like that whole coal, sto- coal in your stocking thing is a thing that parents made up. Like, it's not. Well, it, spoiler I mean, alert, I know, they made I know, up Santa. Fuck you, fuck you. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I, it's like, it's a thing that's fallen off the, to the wayside. Yeah, I, think. I, I mean, like, do you know anyone who's ever gotten coal in their no, stocking? No, I don't know anyone because that's like, I, I fucking monstrous. Coal as like a gag gift. Yeah. Well, but no, or he just you don't. You, but yeah, but some tellings of the Santa myth, you just don't get presents. 
but, but, it it's, but it comes down to the same thing because it's it's the same way God letting bad people, if there is a God letting bad people have good things happen to him. It's the same way that Santa brings toys not to the good boys and girls, but he brings them to the children of rich parents. Yeah, I think I'm and gonna yeah. So like you would ask that question is like, well, I've been a good boy all year, and then you just imagine this like poor kid, and then the the parents are like, we're gonna really try to get you something nice, but it has the same. I'm going to posit, I think, the crucial distinction between the Santa Claus rule and the God rule. I think what's happening is that Santa Claus, he's beholden to the laws of magic, which is to say it's lawless. Like he he the way he's able to be in every house, you know, in every house in the world at the time. It's like he's magical. It's just a thing. Time is not a thing for him. It's it's fine. Like Superman. He has whatever power he needs to have in order for the plot to work. Exactly. Which is like excellent dramaturgy. Way to go. The problem with God, though, is that now we have like theology like theology is devoted to figuring out how God works log- like within a world of logic. Like so, Batman. Which is to me way yes, I really like this dichotomy. And they're both ruthless. God is Batman and Santa is Superman. Yeah, and oh, I, which I think why that's God's better. That's why I think uh, Spider Man is Rudolph the Red Nose. <laughs> right. Oh my god, yeah. you guys. Oh yeah, he's the he's the jokester. <laughs> that's but that's why I think it's easier to believe in Santa than it is for god i think i agree with you molly it's because of that like the the rules make sense because he's mad like there are no rules he's magical so it's like you don't have to worry about like figuring it out like it doesn't have to be logically coherent but but i would also say i mean that's why you guys like that connection because you're unique in that sense that most people that go through the santa god thing Stop believing in Santa, but still believe in God for a long time. I don't know. I think all we have is anecdotal evidence yeah. right now. It's so. true, yeah. All right, we won't publish a paper on it. <laughs> Yet. All right. Yes. Oh, wait. Okay, so I'm going to talk about my favorite song from the yeah. Spectre album, which is weird. It's Frosty the Snowman. And then we'll close with Eric's. Yeah, um, because I um, actually hate Frosty the Snowman as a story. I think it's really sad. It's he's like weird and he's, weird. He's Christ-like. He's he like he back. dies at the end. It's so yeah, but he comes back every no, year. I know, but that's I don't know. I don't like it. It's All you need is a top hat, and those are around forever, right? <laughs> and I, I, but I love that song because I love the way Ronnie Spector sings it. I love the sound of her voice. I love that she's singing it like she doesn't know what the words are. Like she sings that song like Frosty the Snowman, but button two eyes made out of cowl like like she's never said the word coal in her life like also it's coal uh comes in as a good thing y- yes coal can be useful i think that we probably just had more coal around the house when that maybe that song was written. well see that that's my theory about coal is that originally <laughs> originally it was like you don't get a present but you get something you need Spe- yeah, yeah. Speaking like of great Christmas presents this year, give tonight. Eric Wenzel's on coal as a <laughs> great stocking stuffer. Yeah, I um, and I lo- I love that song. I love the way she sings. It. She sings it like she like English is not her first language. Like none of it makes sense. So it's just this like totally weird sound experience that like isn't about the narrative at all. Like I don't like mm-hmm. it, that's why it doesn't bother me that it's Frosty the Snowman because I don't I'm not thinking about Frosty the Snowman when I'm listening to it. I'm thinking about how fucking awesome Veronica Bennett. That was her name before she married that asshole Phil Spector. Is so that's why I like Frosty Snowman. Really, she changed both first and last name. Well, Ronnie's no, Veronica. A Ronnie's a nickname. Oh yeah, Ron- yeah. Veronica. Yeah. No, uh, I was I was like, wait, what? Oh right. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Great Christmas name, Veronica. I love the name Veronica. Is that how's that a Christmas name? You tell your friend Veronica. Time to celebrate Hanukkah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So you mean it's a good Hanukkah name? I said what I said, and I mean what I mean. <laughs> 
Is that a tautology? <laughs> that is a tautology. <laughs> uh, and so that's my favorite. Um, er- Eric. Wait, why don't we hear a little okay, bit let's of play, it? Okay, let's play a little bit of it. Yeah. Rusty the snowman was a happy, jolly soul. With the corn cup, I've been a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Coal? Rusty the snowman is a very little bit of a See what I mean about like the like wh- what? Why does she? Why does her voice change at these words? Like what about the story needs that you happen? Know, like I don't understand. They're totally singing it. with like a Bronx accent because I saw, I noticed that on Santa Claus is coming to town when they they're like they're fine when they're singing it fast, but at the end when they're like they're like Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> to town. That's yeah. what I love about it. Too. Me too. I mean, yeah. Oh, it's so good. good. Now, one thing we haven't really talked about. Uh, after having listened to a few of these, is the orchestration's extraordinary. Oh, yeah, Phil Spector's really good at his job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what the wall of sound was, I'm I'm led to believe. It was right, it, there wasn't a real wall. It wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't a wall. That that didn't happen the until uh, until Pink Floyd. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, think you worked on that. No. It's just a wall of Christmas. Yeah, I just, it just sounds like, listening to that album, it's from a bazillion years ago, and it feels like they're there with you singing to you. Like, it's just so clear. It's amazing. Anyway, that's like not an intelligent thought. I'm just well. He was, he was incredibly uh, creative when it came to uh, instrumentation, right? Like the mm-hmm. the bells and the you know the the boom boom boom. Bells of Saint Mary. All the there were so many parts all stacked on top of each other, and they mm-hmm. they're all so oddly chosen individually. If, yeah, if you think yeah, but they make such sense as in you know because they like morph into one whole. Yeah. Layered collage. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a lot of older Christmas stuff is a lot more traditionally or, uh, orchestrated, right? Yeah, like it's either um, uh, a cappella chorus, right, or it's. Uh, I guess there was for a while there were popular Christmas songs like White Christmas that just had like a you know traditional big band arrangement. Yeah. Well, that's how this album opens, right? With White Christmas. Uh, yeah. Right? Which I is pretty. Actually, uh, like the, I think that is like the most popular Christmas song of all time. Is it? It is. It was for, like, for for a very long time. It was the most popular single in the history of yeah. recording. Yeah. I don't even yeah, like yeah. that one that much. But not but not their version the of it, but the Bing Crosby version. Oh. Yeah, Bing Crosby. I do like Bing Crosby. That was his most popular song too. Yeah. Yeah, he put it in two different movies, from what I recall. White Christmas yeah. and Holiday Elm Street. Inn. Hollywood Inn. A holly, holiday, holiday Inn, yes. <laughs> that, uh, now, holiday Inn? Uh, holiday Inn. Nice. Molly, you've mentioned in the past your interest one day in some sort of a fantasy future of opening a Christmas-themed oh my bar. Oh, Christmas bar. I will DJ. Yeah. Will I, like, um... So this would be I mean, something like what uh, Bing Crosby had as a like, holiday-themed I mean, inn. less blackface. Um, and, Ideally none, uh, right? Yeah. Like 40% well, less blackface. Some. <laughs> uh, no blackface allowed. You, you make a bar, you're going to have some blackface in there. I, uh, I imagine that in my my hypothetical person's bar... I mean, the thing is, is that like I don't actually want to... Like own a small business, like yeah, you know, that's like the problem. Like healthcare and going on vacations and uh, things like that. But um, you know, I like 
I really like going into like a Christmas store. Like oh, so, there's like yeah. the Christmas mount. There are lots of like like Yankee Christmas Candle year, or Yankee Candle. Yeah, um, this is I, different like, from like a Christmas tree store, right? Yeah. So I mean, what it would be would be because I mean I feel like so much about Christmas is food, and um. And yeah. like drink or you know like the that aspect of it feeling and, warm yeah uh, uh, sugar so, like, cookies are so good this would ensure that you get like christmas stuff all year round like, it just it's... seems like it might be well, would it be happy or depressing because it sounds like if it's christmas all year round that also sounds like it's never christmas hell well it would also be like different christmases so like halloween would be sort of like um a halloween christmas sounds like the christmas best holiday before well it would be like the, the nightmare before, before christmas yeah that's what i yeah. yeah like um sort of that would that's what the fall would be like and like Easter christmas in july would be like the summer and there would be like some sort of lemonade apple cider thing mm. and like cool drinks and like i don't know all these things like translated oh, to little that. baby jesus wrapped so, in american flag yeah like, and then, and you just then have, like, easter Santa you could crucify like, the baby jesus throughout the year i guess and, i would oh. um but yeah you could always like get like some really sick hot chocolate or like eggnog yeah. all the time warm drinks all winter yeah not just now That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, Tiki Christmas I just love, sounds I love like a blast. Stuff, and I guess like what what a Christmas bar would actually be would just be like a hyper seasonal bar. Hyper seasonal is a really good word. I like that a lot. That's exactly what Christmas is. It's hyper seasonal. Yeah, it's hyper seasonal. Yeah. This is what Umberto Echo is. It's the most seasonal of all seasons. <laughs> yeah. A bar for all seasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is because in certain parts of the country and in the world there isn't a huge amount of difference between spring, summer, and fall. It's pretty much just... We don't even have spring in Chicago. It sucks. A lot of... Yeah, we don't have, we don't have, we don't have spring in Massachusetts. Yeah. In, in South Carolina, the only difference between any of the seasons is that at Christmas time, it's... You have to wear a, a light jacket. Mm. Otherwise, everything just is like exactly the same all like being in the dairy aisle all, all the time. Yeah, like if you're in Louisiana, it's comfortable that time of year. Yeah. But then it's rainy. Okay. Um, I'm going to have Eric talk about... He picked a really good one for his favorite... Or his the one he wants to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so shall we just play it and then... Yeah, let's just play it. It's really short. And then well, we'll talk. yeah. So I, yeah, it's really short. It's uh, Maggie May off of Let It Be. <laughs> Hello. This is Phil Spector. It is so difficult at this time to say words that would express my feelings about the album to which you have just listened. An album that has been in the planning for many, many months. First, let me thank all the people who worked so hard with me in the production of this album and in my endeavor and desire to bring something new and different to the music of Christmas and to the recording industry which is so much a part of my life. That is so fucking weird. That's the last track on the so, album. Yeah. He's he, so weird. He wants to bring up the recording industry. Yeah. Like, I know that this is a Christmas album, but let me talk to you about the business I'm in. Yeah, I know this is a Christmas album, I worked but really, me. I worked really hard on it. <laughs> this is Phil Spector. Yeah, that's your job to work really hard on it. Of course you I worked hard on it. I spent literally months on this recording. He does sound like Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what I imagine Jeffrey Dahmer to sound like. I, I literally spent a, f- a few segments of a year. Like, that's what the thing I, I love. I literally is like, spent an appropriate amount of yeah. time to create this product. Pop, pop records. <laughs> pop, you 
I don't think you understand. To, to release an album in time for Christmas, you must start thinking about it, at least in July. I'm not saying that this this track sh- uh, should exist. I mean, I'm glad it does so we can talk about it, but it seems weird that he would put it at the end, like, rather than the front. Like, if he's so, like... And over Silent Night. Yeah, the most serious yeah. song on the album. Yeah. It's like... Oh, yeah. It's, I like, for, always yeah, the song you think of... Or like I think Not, of. How about Holly Jolly Christmas? Yeah. I mean, that's a good. You can do. I can think of fifty songs off the top of my head that are better. Than just start naming Christmas. He songs. needs something quiet and slow to like talk like a lizard. Over. I mean, he, he also like as a lizard needs like an appropriately somber lizard-like yeah. background. Something I, that doesn't make him feel too weird about spending all day lying on a hot stone. This a, yeah. a girl I know uh, from college described. Um, uh, uh, what is that guy? Oh. Cumberdict Benefatch, Benedict Cumberbatch as Benedict Cumberbund. is being Cumberbund. on the wrong side of reptilian. <laughs> and I just think that's such a great phrase. And I think that's exactly, Phil Spector is also on the wrong side of reptilian. But he has the, the big hair that makes him look more like, I think, uh, the alien from uh, Tim Burton's Mars Attacks. <laughs> I was thinking an ostrich. <laughs> oh. He's like an ostrich and the alien from Mars Attacks like fucked. And then like that's yeah. how Phil Spector was born. His hair looks sort of like a really big tail that's out of focus in the background. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it just, yeah. Um, well, the other reason why I picked this song is I actually have been to where Silent Night was written, which is in a small town of Halline outside of Salzburg, Austria. Mm. Oh, man. Outside of Salzburg? Yeah. All the good music comes from Salzburg. Sound of music, Mozart. Yeah. Silent True story. Night. Yeah, I landed at Mozart International airport um but it's really it is a really beautiful little town and uh so the hostel i was staying in the kolping house uh literally you know it's like up this cobblestone sort of hill going into the mountain and uh what time of year was it it was actually summer but like when i found out no but actually when so like literally the door behind this hostel area is like where there's like a small church monastery type area just right in the town and that's like in that door was where it was written and you can like why in the door why didn't he just like sit down no like i mean through that person. doorway was the room where oh. it was written <laughs> oh, <laughs> i thought he was like leaning yeah. against the door like it was like a marina yeah. <laughs> where he was standing yeah. inside the door jam and then the people are like i'm I got to get through here. I got this cake. You, he, was, get out he was leaning against the light. I am working on something that is pretty big deal. Okay? Her art is just like inconveniencing people. Like yeah. that is her art. Unlike, unlike Silent bad. Night, which is about stilling us in, in the stille Nacht. It's about um, stilling us? <laughs> no. So, but I, I, I guess that was like, it was weird because it was like, it was actually j- middle of July. And, um, but like immediately, like, or you're there at night and you're like, you can just imagine the snow silently falling on the cobblestones and stuff. And it's like quite beautiful. Oh, God. And so I'm just like, oh, what's it like there right now? Uh, snow falling on cobblestones in Central Europe. That's about what happens at the in the opening sequence of Nymphomaniac, right? That's so true. Is that a Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it was released it was released on christmas day uh when it was first released it was released in uh that's uh, the steve mcqueen sex movie in europe no uh Lars Lars Lars. Lars. oh right 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 it oh was, my it god. Was, so, Lars. the first one so is so that was funny. released last year on christmas day it's sort right. of a sex comedy i would describe it as well hey guys there's more to snow on cobblestones than fucking and uh, I kind of want to just end there. That was good. Um, and Finn. Thank you so much for joining us, Molly. Uh, it was wonderful to have you on Noisy. Oh, what? what? She should get a chance to have plugs. Oh, my God. Molly, what are you working on? 
Oh, um, I would like to plug my younger brother, Eamon McArdle, who <laughs> loves podcasts and loves plugs. So, Eamon's great. You would like to plug your younger brother. I'm sorry, we lost it. Oh, man. I, I, have, a, I have a plug. Um, the... Uh, the place I always get coffee near the recording studio. What's it called? Eats and Sweets. Near the recording studio that is our house. <laughs> hey, this is professional. This is totally perfect. Totes professional. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was trying to talk it. I mean, you know, like I want to paint an image in this our is listener's head. The place on Paulina and Montrose. I think it's called Eats and Sweets. They provide coffee, and today they were giving out uh, little gingerbread men. And it was really delicious, and it really put me in the mood uh, as I listened to the album on the way here. So, so you like, want to plug job. some gingerbread men? You know, I've, I've never yes. gone in there because every time I'm about to go in there, I'm put off by the sign in the window that says, do not sit down, come to the counter before sitting. And then uh. it says it, there are two signs that say this. There are two signs that are next to each other that say the same thing. They're both handwritten. They're really yeah, and sli- well, you know, it's written, worded slightly differently. It's written out of like the frustration of of some sort of like uh, Beckett like play where there's one person working in the restaurant and then there's one person sitting at this table and they're in this like forever stalemate. What and is that's their like attempt to fix it? Okay, well if that's what it is, then that's fine. I guess I'll go. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, oh, and I'll I'll plug something. Uh, I made a. A thing you it's available on SoundCloud. Uh, I made a soundscape of Sunny's Blues for a final project. Thank you. I Molly. plug it too. Good. Good. I raise your plug. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, please listen to it. It's seven minutes and thirty three seconds, and Andre helped me with the editing of it, and it's very cool. Merry Christmas, everybody. Wait, Andre should plug oh, something. Oh, sorry. Oh, I don't have anything. Like his pie hole. He should plug <laughs> his pie hole. No, I love with you. Sorry. Pie. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I made a Christmas movie, and it's going to be coming out in uh, in the spring. Uh, <laughs> what? Terrible, Mark. No, you that's brilliant. No, that's fucking brilliant. It's like when Batman Returns, a Christmas movie, came out in summer. Well, I don't think that I'm going to go up against Batman. Oh. We, know, we, we root for you. Batman and... Superman. That's the the one that's coming out. Yeah, that's the Christ versus Santa film that's coming out. <laughs> that would be a good one. Yeah, that one's that's that's not uh, the movie I'm making. Uh, but uh, yeah, Christmas on Earth coming out uh, spring of next year. Uh, everybody, go see it. Yeah, I will. All right, everybody. Okay, Eric, I need you to shut up so I can say bye. Thank you. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to Noisy Ghost. Bye.